Hey, hey, you're listening to the Journey with Janice podcast. Join me on the journey of pursuing Jesus, building our lives on the word, and seeing this world impacted with the love of God. The Journey with Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. You can find my podcast and other great podcasts in the network at newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Journey with Janice and check out my website, journeywithjanice.com. Hey, hey, everyone. I am so excited to have Lori Ann Wood on the podcast with me today. She is a lifelong Christian, an unlikely writer, and a heart failure survivor. Lori Ann recently released her book, Divine Detour, The Path You'd Never Choose Can Lead to the Faith You've Always Wanted. It quickly became the number one new release in two major categories on Amazon, Christian Spiritual Growth and Personal Growth in Christianity, and has already won two international awards, which is absolutely incredible, and we'll be giving away a copy of this book to one of our amazing listeners. So without further ado, please welcome my fellow author bestie, Lori Ann. Oh, thank you, Janice. Great to be here. Yes, thank you so much for being my guest today. I've been so looking forward to this conversation with you and just excited, like I shared before we started recording here, just excited to hear what God is doing in and through your life and ministry and hear about your story. So thanks for taking the time to be on here with me today. Ooh, thanks for having me. So I love starting on my podcast whenever I have guests on with five fun facts, just to give listeners a little bit of, a little bit of insight into who you are and ask some fun questions. So are you up for that? I am. All right. So question number one is tell us something that is on your bucket list. Well, one of the things uh, was to write a book and I just checked that one off. So I had to start looking for a new, a new one because I can only handle one at a time. <laughs> but my new one is one that I've thought back and forth on all my life, but I really want to go to the Holy Lands. I, uh, my health is not to where I can do a big walking tour. And so I'm still trying to find one where I can go and see all the things I want to see, but that I can actually actually do. So it's on my list. It's just got pushed down a little bit. I love that. I have some friends that went just a few months ago and just seeing their pictures and hearing <sighs> yes. just what God did during their trips. It's been like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I know. So that's a, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Number two is tell us your favorite quote or scripture? Mm. Well, this is a scripture that I've gone back to so many times over the last few years. And I don't know that it was like something that stuck out to me most of my life or something. I'm like, I love that. I'm going to put that on a sign, you know, and hang it in my house. But it's something that has really spoken into my heart. And it is John 13, seven. And it's where Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples. And he said in that scripture, he said, you do not understand now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. And I have reflected back on that scripture many times. And there's a whole story around how that one actually came into my conscious mind, but it's a good one, no matter where you are in life, I think. Mm. That is so good, especially when we're, when we're in those seasons of like, God, what are you doing? And then like, mm. you know, 
down the road, we look back and we see his hand and heart and all of it. But in the moment, sometimes it's like, what are you doing, God? And mm-hmm. we don't understand. And that's why he tells us to not lean on our own understanding. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start preaching, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to keep going here. because <laughs> You got me all fired up. That's so good. Okay. Number three is if you could have a coffee date with anyone past or present, who would you choose? First, it would be a coffee date. It would be an iced tea date, but <laughs> I'm just, I never got on board with coffee, which I feel like I missed something, but, um, I never did the people the there's really two people that I can't distinguish between which one. Um, one of them is Frederick Beekner and he, I think he's just passed away in the last year or two his writing uh, really spoke into my heart because it was such coming from such a real place. And I thought, man, I would love to talk to him. There's so much he's, he, he used very few words, but the words that he did use were just so real and just spoke into what I was feeling that I wasn't hearing from anybody else. And then the other one is Tim Keller because he had a knack for doing that same thing, but not putting anyone off. He, I don't know if he had an enemy at all because he just, he could come alongside people. And that was something I wish I could learn to do more of is to, you know, recognize our differences, but come alongside someone in their humanness anyway. And I think that's a quality that he had that I would just, I'd love to sit at his feet if I would have had the opportunity or could in the future, that would be amazing. Mm. I love both of those. And I love your reasoning, like the heart behind it. Oh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Good answers. I'm like sitting here just like, I need to read some of their writing because I'm not familiar (laughs) with either of them. I don't think so. Love that. Love that. So number four is who are your heroes slash role models? Well, you know, it would be those same two people that I just mentioned as far as writing goes, because they were able to really get into a hard topic and number one, not alienate people, but also to just be very vulnerable in dealing with it. So those two, but also I would have to say my husband, because he has been throughout this whole health journey that I've been on from day one, he was pointing me back to God and we were reeling with horrible news, but from the very beginning, he, he knew that God was up to something and even when I couldn't see it. So he's always been a faith hero to me. And, and those other guys are just like riding heroes that, whew, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Last one, Lorianne is what is one thing that God is teaching you in this season? Mm. Well, one thing I think is that, it, it kind of relates back to the scripture that I shared uh, in John thirteen seven, but it's that sometimes, and maybe most of the time, the story arc of our life or our story in God's narrative doesn't get completed in our lifetime. And, you know, we like to think that we're born and we have this story and we die and it makes sense what happened in our lifetime by the time we get to the end of it. And I think, you know, there's another scripture, it's Hebrews eleven thirteen, where it says that it lists all these faith heroes like Abraham and Sarah and Noah and others. And it says they were living by faith when they died, but they did not see the things promised. 
And, and yet we feel like we should see the things promised. We feel like our little piece of God's story should make perfect sense in our lifetime. And we know from scripture that sometimes God's faithfulness spanned generations and before it made sense. And we can look back now, of course, at scripture and it makes sense from this perspective. But when they were living it, you know, for Stephen or John the Baptist, I'm not sure it made 100% sense when the end of their life came. And so that's something I'm trying to you know, grapple with, the fact that I may not get to have that complete perspective in my lifetime. Girl, you are just pouring out the wisdom. I'm like, just give this to the mic and let her go. Like, I, uh, my heart is being so encouraged just hearing you talk because honestly, like just the word legacy and legacy, just what legacy is, is such mm. a word that just burns in the core of my heart and something that I think about. Like, what are my children and my children's children? Yeah. Like, what are they going to say about me and what legacy am I passing on to them and there's a beautiful song called no one ever cared for me like jesus by stephanie gretzinger and there's a line in that song that i love it says let my children tell their children let this be their memory that all my treasure was in heaven and you were everything to me and like that and i don't even have children yet but that is what i'm i feel like i'm doing now in my own life and, and what god has called me to is creating a legacy for future generations so everything mm. you said just so ministered to my heart and i echo everything you said and say amen because it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm, so thank you. thank you for that. Thank you for that. And guys, that was just the five fun facts. We haven't even gotten to the conversation script yet. So let's, <laughs> let's go. God is so good. So tell us your story. Who is Lori Ann? I am at now I am an empty nest mom. I have three grown children who are scattered all over way too far away from me, but they, uh, I recently became a grandma to baby Hazel, and that's a whole new role for me. But the what I've sort of grown into over the last seven or eight years is that is a kind of a medical diagnosis that really um, kind of reordered my life, and it challenged my faith, and it really made me look at a lot of things differently, and so. It, it came out of nowhere. I don't, you know, I, the book that you mentioned is called Divine Detour. And you think about what a detour is. We don't set out on a journey and think, oh, I'm going to have a detour about 12 miles in. We don't see that coming. And, and all of a sudden we're forced off this road. And that's what happened in my life. It was, you know, in 2015, I, it was, to be to really preface it, I had a medical evaluation done for a life insurance policy, and they said you have less than three percent chance of ever developing heart disease in your lifetime because I had no risk factors, I had no family history, I had low blood pressure, low cholesterol, I was doing all the active, healthy things, eating right. And so I wasn't that surprised when they told me that. I thought, well, I, you know, I was never really worried about anything related to my heart. But then three weeks later, I was in intensive care with heart failure from an unknown cause. And my heart was functioning at just 6%. So in that three weeks, I went from, you'll never have any kind of heart problems to you're not going to leave the hospital because your heart is in severe heart failure. 
So that started a, a health journey that took with it a maybe even more surprising and profound faith journey as I went through that because it was a, it was a long um, initial story because I I went into the hospital and I spent two weeks in cardiac ICU and they didn't really expect me to leave the hospital. They wouldn't let me take a shower. I couldn't even get out of bed because I had defibrillator pads stuck to my chest and and the way I got into ICU is I had just gone to my family doctor and said, I'm not feeling well. I think I might have the flu. And they took a chest x-ray and found that I had a very enlarged heart. And that started this whole process. But I did leave the hospital. And even then, they weren't giving me a great prognosis. They were saying six months. And once I passed six months, they were saying maybe five years. And in that time, I was kind of hanging on. I was flown to Cleveland Clinic and I became my doctor's most critical patient for a year and a half. And I wore a life vest, which is an external defibrillator device that you wear when your heart goes out of rhythm or stops beating. It shocks it back to beating again. I wore that for nine months and took all these high powered medications, which I still take. And then eventually got an internal uh, defibrillator and pacemaker so I could get rid of the vest. But even with all of that, I just, I wasn't getting any better. I had people praying for me around the clock. I was doing everything I knew to do physically and spiritually. And I was barely alive. And that, that was a hard probably year and a half. And then as things go, I needed a appendectomy about a year and a half into my heart failure diagnosis. And they did a test or they did an echo, which is how they determine your heart function usually to see if I could, if I was healthy enough to have surgery. And they found that my heart was functioning at near normal. And <laughs> I was shocked. I was as shocked then maybe more shocked than I was when they first told me I had heart failure because for out of the blue, it seemed like my heart was normal again. And I, I can remember the day that happened and thinking, wow, I get this story that God is writing in my life. It's a story of divine healing and provision and answered prayer. And I got my life back and I was ready to tell that story. And I did tell it for a while. And then about three years ago, my heart function dropped and I was in active heart failure again. And so I've learned in a medical sense that heart failure is just this chronic progressive disease. So for most people, medical science can manage your symptoms or help manage them. And for some people, they can help to slow the progression of the disease, but it really only goes in one direction. You can have spikes up during that time, but you're really on a downward trajectory because the heart doesn't heal as other muscles do in your body. And so when I internalized all of that and, and really looked at it, I had a lot of faith questions. I had a lot of questions to God about what was happening and why, and that was what I leaned into at that time.
Wow. And I know I've, I got to read a little bit about your story and everything before we recorded as we were kind of just getting to know each other. And, and I love that you hit on that, like you're leaning into God and, and the crazy thing when we go through those seasons of life, because I, I've been, the scripture has been in my heart all week is the one that says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. And it's like, we are not promised a perfect life. And I believe that's mm-hmm. one of the lies that has been sold to us by the enemy is that like you give your life to the Lord and you're Christian and life, mm-hmm. you know, just becomes perfect. And that's just not reality. It's not biblical. And I was just reading yesterday at church about the parable of the wise builder. And what I love in that parable is that it talks about how the rain and the wind came to the person who built their life on the word of God and the one who did not And like, we're going to face those things in life, but how do we respond to them? And so I love even earlier, how you shared how your husband was that encourager to always push you back to the Lord and how you leaned into your faith because you were already rooted and grounded in Christ. And I think that's one of the key things in every season is that we are we are rooting ourselves in him, in the word, that we're building our lives up in him, as the Bible says. And so, wow, that that's that's it's just crazy how quickly life can shift and change and I've had so many of those seasons myself where things are just going a certain way and then it's like it's kind of like whiplash you know in life and all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation or circumstance that you did not see coming and so you were just sharing a little bit about how you just leaned into your faith in the Lord so like practically speaking what did that look like because I would love for you to be able to minister to listeners in that way like how did you keep yourself rooted in the Lord and like what practical things did you do during that time of just really uncertainty and, and not really knowing what was happening? Yeah. I, I wasn't great at it when I, when this started, I, you know, I had been a Christian, I was raised in a Christian home and raised my children in a Christian home and had been very active and felt close to God. And when all of this happened and I had so many people praying around the clock for me, I felt like I was letting them down because I wasn't getting any better and it wasn't looking good. And I, I, I almost felt like I needed to cover for God because I thought, what are my children going to think when all these people are praying and I'm not getting any better, that there's not a God, that prayer doesn't work, that he doesn't care. And so I kind of just went into this silent period because I didn't know what to do. I had this faith that was sort of handed down to me like this precious breakable heirloom. And I didn't want to break it in the storm of my life that was happening at that point. I thought I should put it on a shelf or wrap it in bubble wrap and put it under the bed or something just to keep it safe. Because if I take it out right now, it's going to get broken and then I've ruined everything. And so I did that for a while, but that, That wasn't the wrong thing to do because when I put that away and I said, I'll come back to my faith when my life comes together, I ran a really big risk of never getting it back out again. And I remember one day I had, you know, I was just getting for months and months and months, I was just getting horrible news from the doctors over and over and over again. And they were just amazed that I was alive. I remember my cardiologist telling me one time, you just keep on living 
because he didn't expect me to, to see me the next time. And I remember thinking, okay, I've, I have too much history with God. I've, I've been with him too long to just walk away from this. I'm going to get it down and I'm going to get that family heirloom out. I'm going to wrestle with it. And I, I poked it and prodded it and wrestled with God about questions that came up in my life because I, I was embarrassed to be, you know, at the middle of my life and to have such basic questions after having been a believer for so long. But I also knew that if I was going to survive, if my faith was going to survive what was happening, I had to, I had to ask those questions. And so I think a lot of us get into a detour or a season of life we weren't planning on or something's fallen apart that we'd carefully taken care of. And we're afraid to ask questions and we're afraid to, you know, lament to God or we're afraid to complain. And I think what God wants is just to keep the conversation going because he knows those are hard times. He knows that we're in this world that's not as it should be. And he just wants to maintain a relationship with us. And so rather than just shutting him out in those hard times is what I tried to do. We really need to just, whatever it takes, even if it's just some angsty complaints or questions, at least you're still talking to him. And that took me a long time to get through because it felt like I was, I was not being a believer when I was asking God these questions and basic things about where are you? Is this life the end of it? And I, I really, when I could get over that hump and say, I'm going to ask these questions, it, it took the pressure off. And I was able to have this relationship with God where nothing was off limits when I, when I'd wake up in the morning, if something was bothering me or something, I had a question, I would bring it to him. And that reestablished a relationship where if I hadn't done that, it just would have been broken off. Mm. I love, I love everything you're sharing. And I just want to commend your just transparency and vulnerability because I know that's not easy, but it's such a, it's so needed in the body of Christ to just be real and say, I went through this and it wasn't easy and I had questions and I had to face them and you didn't, you know, sweep them under the proverbial rug. You were real with God and that's exactly how he wants us. And a couple of things that you shared, I want to kind of circle back to one is just the community that you had surrounding you and how important that is and how beautiful the body of Christ is because in those moments where you didn't have faith for yourself, they did. And it reminds me of the friends who carried their friend on the mat and lowered him through the roof before Jesus for his healing. And it was his friend's faith that made him well. And so how important that is to have that solid community surrounding us so that we can be there for each other. We can bear one another's burdens like we're called to. And then even as you were talking to, I was thinking about the account in the Old Testament of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they, you know, were being pressured to bow before false God and, and they were going to be thrown in a fiery furnace, which would obviously take their life. And they're like, you know what, we're believing God's going to deliver us from this. But even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down 
to anyone else. And we're going to have our faith in God, whether this ends in my life being taken or not. And so just having that real relationship with the God who is so intimately acquainted with us, because the reality is the Bible says he knows our thoughts while while they're still far off. So he knew those questions you were wrestling with and who better to go to than him to sort that out. And so I'm just really encouraged by your vulnerability and realness because I think people need to see that, that, like I said earlier, life isn't perfect as Christians. We wrestle things, we wonder, and, and I myself even went through some things last year. I was just kind of mad at God. And I don't know if I've ever been in a situ like in a season or situations where I've just been so frustrated with the Lord and just what's happening in my life. And he didn't love me any less when I was in those brat moments of just wrestling things out with him and even just being like, God, I don't even want to talk to you right now. I'm just going to just sit here in your Mm -hmm. presence, but I am too broken and hurting right now to even, I'm just processing life. And so I think Mm -hmm. that that's so important because as I've been, I've been a Christian for a while now and, and I've seen people run from God when things get hard and he's the last person we should run from. We should be running into his arms um, even when it's hard and it's messy and we don't have to wait for things to, to not be messy, to go to him. And, and I just think that's so important that we remember that he cares more about us than anyone on this earth ever would. And so I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for that. So I know that you're passionate about reframing those unwanted circumstances into a life that God intends for good. Hello, Romans 8, 28 and Genesis 50, 20. Love those verses. So that's something that I'm also passionate about. So how do we do that? How have you done that in your own life? You know, I think it goes back to something that you mentioned and that I mentioned earlier too, is that we really have to there, these bad things are happening and we're not hiding anything. Uh, by, you know, slapping this, you know, choose joy on all the hard things that happen in life. He already knows what we're thinking and feeling. And so I think by really learning about how to lament and how to, you know, not be, not feel like you're a lesser believer or that you're uh, not doing the right thing when you're doing that, because we can you know, you think about a good chunk of the Psalms are actually laments. And a lot of those were written by David, who was a a man after God's own heart. And so if he can lament, then surely when we're going through things that we don't understand or that hurt, off limits for us to do that. And the beautiful thing about a lament is if you look at the psalms of lament almost all of them will end in praise because what lamenting allows you to do is you sift the truth about god's character out of those hard circumstances when you're able to go through that process and lament and say this hurts i don't understand you know why is this happening you're talking to him you're opening up that communication and you're able to finally sift out in your own mind and in your own soul that at the end, God is still God and he is still good. And so the lament is a process that not only keeps us connected to him, but also brings us back to the truth about his character. And so that's something that I think has really helped me take 
you know, these detours and, and anyone and, you know, the things that I write, some, they're tinged with the idea that I was on this health detour, but they're really intended for any kind of detour. Cause you might be on a, a financial detour or some sort of family situation detour, anything where life isn't going the way you had hoped. And that's pretty much all of us. So when we get into that hard time, I think when people are in there, they have that choice whether where I can just feel this confusion because my life's not matching what I expected and I can walk away from my faith or I can ask these hard questions. I can have these hard conversations with God and hold on to my faith. And those are your choices when you're in the thick of that. So I think if I were to say anything about reframing the unwanted um, into something that God intends for good is to do that and then tell that story because, you know, just like with this podcast, it helps people understand that their story matters and that we keep telling story after story after story and it forms this solid cord with each little strand that we tell and it becomes something that tethers a lot of people to God. Hmm. That's so beautiful. And even as you were talking, I just kept thinking about the word surrender and just how we have to continually keep our heart in a posture of surrender Mm -hmm. when things don't look the way that we thought they would, because I'll be the first to say my life looks nothing like I imagined it would when I was younger. And, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's not beautiful and it's not exactly what God wanted it to be. And so one prayer that I pray over myself a lot is God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in my life as it is in heaven, whatever that looks like. And so just staying surrendered to that and just ready to pivot at any point when God's like, Nope, we're going left. You thought you were going right, but actually you're going left. And so just keeping our heart in a place of surrender to him is so important. And then knowing like Romans eight twenty eight says that he does work all things together for our good in, in those moments where it feels like the canvas of our life, it's like, okay, Lord, we are on the dark colors right now. You're like shadowing in the picture or whatever to know, like in the grand scheme of everything that he's working everything together for our good in ways that we don't even understand. Mm-hmm. And the beauty is we don't have to understand. We just have to trust him. And so mm-hmm. I love that. You can get me preaching on this because this is just something I'm super <laughs> passionate about too. And just seeing how God has taken so many of the seasons of my life that I was like, what is happening? This feels like devastation and like life is over kind of thing. And then I see how God somehow recycles all of it and uses it for good. And so I love that. I want to talk about your book that will be given away today. I'm so excited. We'll talk about at the end of the podcast, how we're going to do that, but it's divine detour. The path you'd never choose can lead to the faith you've always wanted. So what's the story behind the book? I think we kind of got a good picture of that. Your, your story is the story behind the book. So give us some testimonies from it and just tell us how did that, how did that happen? Yes. Well, it was, you know, it's really born of the diagnosis and the illness that we've already talked about. And it does have little snippets of some, you know, really uh, vulnerable and uh, real-time journal entries. But it's not, the book's not primarily about the medical events. It's not, you know, I first thought I would write something that just told the story from beginning to end, but it quickly became something where my story is woven throughout the book, but it's not a chronological retelling of my story. It's really a guide to help readers confront the three most important questions that any life is going to confront. And 
they're all they're these three questions I think nag at everybody, but when you get thrown onto a detour, they demand to be answered. And so the book it's actually 40 essays. And so what I've found is that when people are in a in a really hard detour or when they're really hurting, their attention span is smaller than it than it would in a normal time period. And so I know mine was. And so we don't want to open up and have this big novel to read. It seems overwhelming. And so the book is designed to have 40 individual standalone essays. And each one explores some faith question that I have encountered throughout my life and then really encountered in a bigger way through the health journey. And so it's, it's really to help people find those questions and confront them and really embrace them so that they can maintain a relationship with God. And the, the questions that I, the, it's, it's in, broken into three questions and those three sections um, are, is this life all there is? Is God always good? And is God's plan enough? And those are within each one of those questions, there are individual essays that really hone down on specific uh, questions and dilemmas and what may seem like inconsistencies in our lives and how, how do we deal with that and what, what do we do with this that feels like it doesn't go together. And so um, that was something that, you know, as I started to share about this, people were saying, you know, I don't, I'm not on a health journey like you are, but I feel those three questions because I'm on this different kind of detour. And so I knew I was onto something. And then sometime later, after I had started writing, I realized that in, in scripture, when Jesus is confronted by Satan in the desert, we know that he had three temptations and as I was studying that, I thought, wow, this is, this all sounds so familiar. And it came to me that those three questions that I was dealing with in my life, as I was honing down what I wanted to say and what other people were saying resonated with them. It was the same three temptations or internal questions that Jesus was wrestling with in the desert. And so that's how all of this started to come together. I realized that those three questions were probably universal human questions that need to be identified and need to, people need to have permission to ask them because I think the book is not necessarily set up to say, here's the answer to these questions, but it's saying, here's how we can think of those questions and here's how we can ask them. And you can still be a believer and you can still follow Jesus and still have your faith and ask those questions at the same time. I love that. And even as you're talking, I'm automatically thinking about doubting Thomas and how they had told him like, we've, you know, Jesus is resurrected. And they had said that. And he was like, I'm not going to believe unless I see the scars kind of thing. And when Jesus came to him, he immediately showed him what he was wondering, you know? And so I just think it's beautiful to, to know that we don't have to be in a place of knowing everything because we're not God. And so, mm. so I love everything you shared with that. I love the heart behind it. I love your heart for just 
the Lord and, and the word and just empowering other people to know that like, it's okay to wrestle with questions and things and, and to go to him. And just, I just see you doing that. You're continually pointing people to him. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You have a resource on your website that's called how to practice gratitude, which I love because first Thessalonians five eighteen tells us that giving thanks always is part of God's will for us. So can you talk to us about that and the other amazing resources that you have on your website? Yes, that resource is really just designed to give some practical ways for uh, being thankful when you're really not feeling it. That was something that my mother used to say when I was a little girl, is that sometimes you have to act better than you feel. And I remember her saying that and not really understanding what she meant. But when I think about giving thanks in on a detour when when you're not really feeling it you know she had a point because if we can start giving thanks in all circumstances that can start to reframe our thinking and it reshapes our heart into one that's more grateful toward all things that he's working together and so that resource just gives six practical ways that you can start having daily gratitude practices, you know, just some tips about how to start, when to do it, and, you know, uh, how to incorporate it into your life in a practical, easy way. And so that's that resource, which is available on my website. I also have one about the five loves of the Bible that talks about different love words that are in the Bible, Um, some games. If you are having a family gathering and you might have someone that has limited energy like I do or someone where you have elderly parents or grandparents that you need to work around. And there's also a place on my website on my books page where you can read the first chapter of my book for free. So if anyone would be interested in that, I would love for people to be able to preview the book free and, and see if it's something that they're interested in. I love that. And I'm going to ask you here shortly how listeners can stay connected with you so you can share all the website information and your socials and everything. But do you have any other encouragement for the podcast community, anything else that's on your heart that you would like to share? I think if people can remember, um, because we sort of live in a time when people are often picking things out of scripture and, and we get this idea that you know, life should be easy and smooth once we're believers. But I think if we can keep in mind that when you look at scripture in the whole and you look at it as this love story from God, we know that God doesn't always answer all our questions and he doesn't always solve our problems or um, heal us this side of eternity. Sometimes he does, but he doesn't always. And that's okay because what he does promise to always do is be with us. And he has sought a relationship with us uh, since the beginning of time. He has been coming for us since Eden and he's not stopped today trying to establish a relationship with us. And that's at any cost to him and any cost to us. And so that's what we should prioritize over anything else that might be happening in this temporary life that we obviously know is going to come to an end. Yes. 
Yes. And even as you're talking, thinking about the 70 that Jesus sent out two by two to go out and minister and they came back rejoicing and, you know, all these things, the spirits are subject to us. They did what they were commissioned to do. He sent them out to heal the sick and all the things. And when they came back rejoicing, he was like, even more than that, rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Like that is the most important miracle, the most important thing, whether we see healing or miracles aside of eternity or not. I'm the same as you, but I believe all of those things. God is moving powerfully throughout the earth. But if we don't see that, like if we don't see our prayers answered, the reality is he is with us and relationship with him is more important than anything. And knowing him and knowing that we're eternally secure is more important than any of any of those other things. So my heart, when you said that, I'm like, yes, I'm sitting here going, yes, amen, girl. Yes. (laughs) So so we said at the beginning of the podcast that we're going to give away a copy of Lori Ann's book, Divine Detour. So in order to win that copy or be in the drawing to win the copy, you just need to share this episode on your Facebook or Instagram and tag the journey with Janice. You can either put that in your story or on a post and I will be choosing that winner next week. So we will send that out. So Lori Ann, can thank you for doing the giveaway. So can yeah. you tell us? Tell listeners how they can connect with you, your website, all the fun stuff, all your social medias. And then would you be willing to close out the podcast praying for our podcast community? Yes, of course. Yes. So the main place to find me site, which is lauriannwood.com. And you'll find on that page, uh, a, a books page where you can find a link to read the first chapter free. And there's a book trailer and some other things about the book just laurianwood.com slash books. There's also a resource page that describes the resources that we were just talking about. And I have uh, the same handle on pretty much all of the social media, Laurianwood on Instagram, Facebook, and threads. So would love to connect with you. Um, There's a contact form on my website where you can reach out to me. I answer you by email. So any of that if there's an, another resource I want to mention that might be particularly helpful for anybody that is going through that silent period, like I was talking about that I did, it's called five prayers and promises when you can't talk to God. And that one is available at laurieannwood.com slash hope. And I would love to send that to you as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on here today. My heart's so encouraged listening, and I know that everyone who listens to this episode is going to be so encouraged and just drawn closer to his heart, which is my heart in doing all this anyway. And so thanks for being my guest on here. Like, oh, again, my heart's just so encouraged right now. So thank you. And would you be willing to pray for us? Yes, I will. Father God, thank you for this time that we are able to talk and be vulnerable and be real about this journey that we take with you, the side of heaven. And we just thank you for podcasts like this and other avenues that you open up for people to stay connected across miles and continents and across time, really. So thank you for providing that. And Lord, we want to especially petition any listener today that might have questions on their heart that feel abandoned, that might feel like they're slipping from their faith. And we just want you to instill in them 
the knowing that you're there and you're still reaching for them and you still understand all that they're feeling and going through and, and that there are ways to hold on and to come to know you in even a deeper way than they would have in an easier. God, we just want to praise you for being a God who has good plans. Even when that story arc isn't completed in our lifetime, we know that your plans are good. And we thank you that we're part of that. And we're thankful for your son who purchased our salvation in Jesus name. Amen.